It's US CPI later today. It's expected to fall a little, but will it, in any case, will it give the markets a little more direction? Because today seems the opposite of yesterday in many ways. There's more optimism, yet no news to support it. What news there is, you'd think would turn markets the other way. The positive news that Joe Biden's infrastructure bill has passed the Senate received very little market reaction today. So everyone's clearly waiting for the CPI. It's the morning call from NAB. It's Wednesday, the 11th of August, 2021. Good morning. So cyclical stocks are on the rise today. The Dow is up half a percent. The S&P is up ever so slightly, but it did reach an intraday high. It got over 4444, whereas the Nasdaq is down half a percent. Banks are doing well. So are telcos. Pfizer is up 5%. Oil companies also doing well. No surprise then. The oil is uh, back on the rise. Brent back over $70 a barrel with a 2.5% rise, a 2.9% rise in WTI. Stocks in Europe are generally up 0.4% for the FTSE 100, a quarter percent up for the uh, Eurostoxx 50, a small rise in the US dollar, the DXY managing to get back over 93, but the Aussie dollar also on the rise at 0.2%, almost to 73.5 US cents. The Kiwi dollar also up 0.2%, whilst the pound and the euro are slightly down. The US dollar got up a quarter percent on the Japanese yen and 0.3% up on the Swiss franc, and very little bond movement, virtually nothing at all in Europe. We've got a two basis point rise again in 10-year treasuries in the United States. So let's talk to Atrial about all of this, head of FX strategy and NAB in Sydney. I mean, it seems like there's a little more uh, risk sentiment in the air, but um, the, but a, a hit in tech stocks in the US, particularly as, uh, you know, uh, the Hang Seng, we were seeing tech stocks in uh, in Hong Kong rising quite a bit yesterday. Yeah, morning, Phil, but uh, I didn't like your intro about 4444 for, for the S&P. The, um, <laughs> that is not a lucky number for, uh, uh, certainly for uh, a Chinese brethren, so I hope that's not going to have repercussions today. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. Mm. So um, it looks like the S&P and I think the Euro stocks, uh, 50 pretty much new new record highs, I think, for both. But as you say, the Nasdaq down half a percent. I wouldn't really probably look much beyond the fact that bond yields are up another couple of basis points. I think it's the, you know, it's the classic case mm. that the, uh, you know, the tech sector and particularly the growth stocks have been most sensitive to volatility in US Treasury yields. So we've got another couple of basis points on tens, also on twos as well. Um, so I think that really is um, the story of the sort of the, the divergence between the S&P and the, and the NASDAQ at least. So it's really things like energy stocks and materials that have driven um, the gains that we've seen in the in the S&P today. And, um, you know, in which respect, I look at commodity prices and oil's up, best part of 3%, having been down 3% yesterday on no news whatsoever that I can see. Um, you know, iron ore was off 3% on Monday and it's up 3% overnight on no news that I can see. So I think we're, you know, I'd probably sum up the week as saying there's very little rhyme nor reason to, yeah. uh, to the volatility that we've seen so far this week. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a bit like, well, maybe we went a bit low there, so let's go back up again. I think that's, but that's the path with bond yields, isn't it? Because we've been seeing them, you know, rising steadily over the, uh, the last week. Uh, are they just finding their right? level because they just got too low given that you know inflation's on the rise tapering is uh, just around the corner well to be honest i think it is certainly the fed rhetoric that we've seen obviously you talked about a little bit about it uh, yesterday we had um we had uh, eric rosengren i think probably just after um after you recorded yesterday sort of saying that you know he favors an announcement on tapering in september so um so i think the market is you know is, is sort of very alive to the to the 
probability or the rising probability that we get a tapering announcement in September, which obviously then sort of, you know, sort of fires the starting gun on, you know, when rates might eventually arise. And uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but obviously we've also got US CPI tonight, which is going to be pretty crucial yeah. to that debate. So I think it's all contributing to... Um, but um, yeah, but but I wouldn't disagree with your notion that, that bond yields got too low, so they are correcting from there. But there clearly has been a bit of news flow uh, to support the backup that we've seen so far this week. Not much reaction to the news that the uh, the US Senate's passed that uh, trillion dollar infrastructure bill rather overwhelmingly after fifty hours of debate, because it is. We've said that you know it's not really new money, but half of it is coming you know federal uh, government uh, money directly, and a, ch- a chunk of that is being grabbed from other spending commitments but the congressional budget office is saying uh, of that half uh, half of that which is 256 billion uh, is actually going to be added to the US deficit but it's over the next 10 years so i guess we're not seeing much reaction because although it's new money uh, which you'd hope would create new jobs. It is over quite a long time period, isn't it? No, I think that's true. So, you know, to that extent, I think markets are right to be sort of underwhelmed, um, you know, even though if it brings some positive benefits in the long term to the economy through, um, you know, the particular um, areas that are being earmarked for spending. But I think in terms of market reaction, the important point is that this is still a long way from passing in the House. So we've had Nancy Pelosi, you know, who's been um, adamant that, um, you know, before the House will approve this bill, um, she wants to see the reconciliation process completed in the Senate that would allow for the, you know, the three and a half uh, trillion dollar um, spending budget of the of the Biden administration actually um, actually approved. And um, that's not going to happen for, for, for potentially potentially months and that will also butt up against the issue of, of the debt ceiling because um you know the debt ceiling is back in uh, is back in action and uh, it won't be too long before um, the us is struggling to, to issue new debt so so this has actually got a long way to run so um and i think that's the other reason why um markets haven't shown much reaction to it so and look even though we're seeing a rise in european stocks um and you know we've got high levels of vaccination rates there so that's probably helping things along but we had the zoo survey in germany uh, suggesting that momentum in europe might actually be falling a little bit yes it is although um sometimes that zdw survey is, is a good lead indicator of the uh, the ifo survey but remember the you know the zdw survey as we always say is, is a poll of financial analysts really and what do we know so it it does tend to reflect sort of very short-term sort of swings in uh, in sentiment and equity market performance, for example. So, um, you know, the overall sort of current conditions numbers a little bit below expectations, but still pretty strong in, in absolute terms. But you're right that the, yeah. um, the confidence reading has taken uh, taken a little bit of a, a little bit of a hit. But in the scheme of things, I don't think it's it's really flashing um, sort of flashing red as far as a you know a signal that um, you know the, the strong the strength that we've seen, particularly in Q2 GDP numbers across much of the eurozone and, and even in Germany is. Uh, the momentum is necessarily waning. So I'm not reading a lot into that. No, and the vaccine numbers are going up as well, of course, which is certainly going to help them. You've got to be careful pushing that line about uh, not paying too much attention to analysts, Ray. Uh, (laughs) But uh, look, COVID is still obviously a concern. Uh, Even The interesting thing is that this situation in Israel that we talked about yesterday, where they're now rolling out booster shots because they've got rising cases despite their high vaccine rates. The UK, uh, we were seeing a slide in cases, but that seems to have turned around. The seven-day average is now back up again to 28,000, over 28,000 cases. so that's on the rise. And then the US, their seven-day average is getting up to 120,000 cases a day, which has doubled in the last fortnight. And hospitalizations also rising sharply. In fact, they're the highest they've been since March. And they've got a lot of, uh, like in many parts, a lot of vaccine resistance as well, which hasn't helped. I mean, if you 
read the crazy comments under some newspaper articles, you can see the depth of uh, sentiment here against against vaccines. So, I mean, all of that's obviously still a concern, but the markets have sidestepped it all, at least for today, haven't they? Well, which goes back to what I was saying at the start, that uh, markets aren't trading with a lot of rhyme or reason. I can't find a, a scrap of positive uh, COVID-related news and only negative news. And, uh, you know, yeah. going back to the US, you've got, you know, the hospitals are full in Texas and Florida, and you've got the Florida governor fighting tooth and nail to, uh, to over Overturn um, a ruling that um, that mask wearing should be mandatory in some in some locations. So go figure. And uh, mm. as you say now, that the priority in Israel is to get booster shots into people's arms as quickly as possible to try and uh, contain the spread there. And um, you know, going back to oil, you know, weakness in oil on Monday was 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 driven or supposedly driven by, by the rise in China yeah. uh, infections. Yeah. China infections got uh, the numbers yesterday were worse than they were for for Monday, and um, and yet the oil prices rebounded. Three uh, percent, so so go figure, and uh, and obviously mm. down here, um, you know the grimmest statistics um, to date as far as New South Wales is concerned. Yeah, well, the NAB business survey obviously reflected that. We saw business conditions and confidence taking a big hit in yesterday's survey. So, no, absolutely. So um, you know, I mean, it was not good news as expected. I think that's probably the way to sum it up. But uh, you know, confidence down to mm. you know to minus eight from plus five. The long term average is is about plus five. Um, can their conditions down to plus 11 from plus 25 so still a little bit above the long-term average but um but but confidence and, and um certainly in new south wales it plummeted to, to minus 21 from plus six um and conditions down to sort of barely positive territory and, and some of the needed indicators as well so looking at things like forward orders and capacity yes. utilization um you know they've also shown some uh, some weakness there so um capacity utilization is back above average having been um you know close to, to record highs previously and say orders obviously is a, a leading indicator and then when we look at the the cost side of things um you know purchase costs up seven and a half percent at an annualized rate in the last three months retail prices up five and a five point eight percent labor costs up five point eight percent so clearly there are you know some some strongly rising cost pressures there and um um, yeah. So, you know, so all in all, um, you know, as I say, it was it was a, a pretty grim set of statistics, but but and, pretty much as we would have expected, and, and obviously, you know, as and when, particularly New South Wales is able to, which is close on forty percent of the economy, is able to, um, you know, to rebound, and things will obviously spring back, but um, we're not there yet for our no, stretch of the imagination. No, and it could take a long time. So we're going to get the Westpac Consumer Confidence uh, read today, which presumably is going to uh, tell a similar story. But if we, and it's, I mean, probably not that useful because we really don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for. Uh, and the focus, obviously, in New South Wales now is very much on vaccines rather than getting zero cases. Getting back down to zero seems to have been, uh, you know, is a is a long shot now. So it's it's going to take a while, which all begs the question, was the RBA right to, to push ahead with tapering? And could we find in a month's time they might actually reverse that decision? Well, it, it's entirely possible. And remember that the, um, you know, the narrative surrounding that decision that we've sort of learned from the minutes is that, um, you know, certainly there was, uh, you know, there's some serious discussion about holding um, the, the weekly QE purchases at five billion, and uh, and the word flexibility, you know, rings fairly loudly through the uh, you know, through the RBA's um, rhetoric. So um, it's entirely possible. And remember the the assumption underlying the um, the decisions that were made at the last meeting was that this, the New South Wales lockdown ends by the end of September. 
Um, now, you know, sitting here in New South Wales and reading the news, I'd say that, that, that at the moment looks like a somewhat heroic assumption, doesn't it? So, mm. you know, if it is going to drag into to Q4, then they may do that. And then, you know, Ian Harper, who's one of the external board members, was pretty strident in an interview last week saying, well, the risk is if we're going to come out of effectively of lockdown at the end of September, then we'll be, you know, there will be, you know, we'll be adding fuel to the fire, if you like, in terms of the vigour of the rebound that we expect. But um, you know, that optimism about just how quickly the economy is going to come roaring back in Q4 is obviously, um, you know, it's obviously open to some doubt at the moment. So it wouldn't be a, you know, it wouldn't be a terrible surprise if um, if the tapering didn't actually eventuate. So the NFI, the the small business survey in the United States, saw confidence of the uh, uh, of the outlook uh, for small business weakening, mainly because of the difficulty in finding the right people. But uh, uh, you know, we know there's more vacancies than unemployed people in the in the job openings that we saw mm-hmm. yesterday. But it's getting it's getting the right fit of people, isn't it? But what was interesting was uh, the the expectation from businesses that they are going to pass on. They feel able to pass on the rising costs that they're facing because of all these supply chain issues uh, and. And I guess labour cost issues as well. Uh, they're expecting they are going to pass those on to customers, so that will presumably mean it will be passing on to CPI numbers, which we will find today. The expectation is that they are going to fall back a bit, but if you've got you know that expectation, the business is saying no, we're going to pass on our costs, and then we've seen energy prices rising as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, is there is there a possibility that actually there could be an upside surprise in these numbers today? Um, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, just given that the scale of the upside surprises that we saw in the um, in the previous two months numbers for um, mm. for May and June um, you know anything is possible and I think you know the key today is that the devil is going to be in the detail so yes we might see some fallback in headline CPI because certainly things like um, car auction prices have, have come off quite a lot and they would suggest that that um, and that's been the you know, used car prices has been the single largest contributor to those sort of upside surprises, not just car prices, but that's been a, a very significant uh, influence. So if they do come back, we might see a little bit of relief as far as the headline numbers, but um, still expected to be, um, what, 5 point, uh, I think 5.3% for the headline number and, and, and uh, low fours for the for the core number, down about a tenth on last month. But, um, you know, it could be for exactly the reasons that you're saying that we are going to see some of the more sort of, maybe some of the more core underlying measures showing strength given, you know, certainly companies feel well able, um, you know, as per the NFIB survey, uh, to be able to pass on higher costs just at the moment. So, um, yes, I think the potential for surprise is also, you know, maybe coming back to why markets aren't doing a lot. It's, it's a, you know, it's an important number tonight and, and more important than anything else that we've seen this week. So, um, I think we need to buckle up for, uh, for that this evening. Yeah, one way or the other, it will have influence. Yeah. But just for your, to your question of uh, an upside surprise and what would it mean, um, obviously, I think you know the, the, the way the market would take that is to say, well, maybe the bar for a tapering announcement at the next meeting in September has just lowered a little bit rather than being completely contingent um, you know, on the next set of uh, non-farm payrolls numbers shows. Mm. All right. Yeah, good point. OK, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Ray. Catch you again next time. Well, thanks, Phil. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow morning.